Chapter 5. Breakfast. I quickly followed suit, descending into the bar room accosted the grinning landlord very pleasantly. I cherished no malice towards him, though he had been scalarking not in a little about the matter of my bedfellow. However, a good laugh is a mighty good thing, and rather too scarce a good thing, the more is the pity. So if any one man, his own proper person, affords stuff for a good joke to anybody, let him not be backward, but let him cheerfully allow himself to spend in that way. And the man that has anything bountifully laughable about him, be sure there is more than in that man than you perhaps think for. The barroom was now full of the boarders who had been dropping in the night previous, and whom I had not yet had a good look at. They were nearly all whalesmen, chief mates and second mates and third mates, sea carpenters and sea keepers and sea blacksmiths, and harpooners and shipkeepers, a brown and brawny company with bosky beards, unshorn, shaggy set, all wearing monkey jackets or morning gowns. You could pretty plainly tell how long each one had been ashore. This young fellow's healthy cheek is like a sun-toasted pear in hue, and would seem to smell almost as musky. He could not have been three days landed from his Indian voyage. That man next to him looks a few shades lighter. You might say a touch of satin wood is in him. And the complexion of a third still lingers a tropic tawn, a slightly bleached withal. He, doubtless, has tarried whole weeks ashore. But who could show a cheek like Queequeg, which, barred with various tints, seemed like the Andes' western slope, to show forth in, in one array, contrasting climates, zone by zone. Grub ho! Now cried the landlord, flinging open a door, and in we went to breakfast. They say that men who have seen the world thereby become quite at ease, quite self-possessed in company. Not always, though. Ledyard, the great New England traveler, and Mungo Park, the Scotch one, of all men, they possess the least parlor. But perhaps the mere crossing of Siberia in a sledge drawn by dogs as Ledyard did, or the taking a long solitary walk on an empty stomach in the black heart of Africa, which was the sum of poor Mungo's performances. This kind of travel, I say, may not be very best, best mode of attaining a high social polish. Still, for the most part, that sort of thing is to be late, to be had anywhere. These reflections just here are occasioned by the circumstance that after we were all seated at the table, and I was preparing to hear some good stories about whaling, my no small surprise nearly every man maintained a profound silence. And not only that, but they look embarrassed. Yes, here were a set of sea dogs, many of whom without the slightest bashfulness have boarded great whales on the high sea. Entire strangers to and dueled them dead without winking. And yet, here they sat at a social breakfast table, all of the same calling, all of kindred tastes, looking round as sheepishly at each other as though they had never been out of sight of some sheepfold among the green mountains. A curious sight, 
these bashful bears, these timid warrior whalesmen. But as for Queequeg, why? Queequeg sat there among them, at the head of the table too. It so chanced as cool as an icicle. To be sure I cannot say much for his breeding. His greatest admirer could not have cordially justified his bringing his harpoon into breakfast with him and using it there without ceremony, reaching over the table with it to the imminent jeopardy of many heads and grappling the beefsteaks toward him. But that was certainly very coolly done by him. And everyone known knows that in most people's estimation, to do anything coolly, do it genteely. We will not speak of all Queequeg's peculiarities here, how he eschewed coffee and hot rolls and applied its undivided attention to beefsteaks done rare. Enough that when breakfast was over, he withdrew like the rest of us into the public room, lighted his tomahawk pipe, and was sitting there quietly digesting, smoking, with inseparable hat on, when I sallied out for a stroll. That is the end of chapter 5.